Hi, you're listening to the Feminine Business School podcast, and I'm your host, Ainsley Young. My work is all about creating a wildly pleasurable and successful business without burning out your body and selling out your soul. I'm also really passionate about ditching the cookie cutter marketing strategies and finding what feels good to you when it comes to marketing. Join me as we talk all things online business, feminist marketing strategies, feminine embodiment, conscious leadership, and pleasurable productivity. Hit subscribe now and let's get started. And to learn the secret to fitting more pleasure into each day while ticking off your to-dos, download my free pleasure and productivity weekly planner. Head to startingwitha.com slash opt-in. Welcome, welcome to today's episode of the Feminine Business School podcast. Today's topic is something that I have been busting to share with you. It's quite a juicy topic, so I'm actually going to break it up over two episodes. Now, if you're in business, particularly in the online coaching, health and wellness, creative space, you'll know that launching is a fact of doing business. We need to launch our work out into the world and it really is quite a masculine activity. We have direction, we have focus, and we have a clear outcome in mind, which is wonderful. But during this year, I've been looking through a more feminine lens, which I guess is no surprise, about how we actually measure the success of a launch. And that's how the seven feminine metrics of launch success were born. So in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing specifically how these feminine metrics came about and why I believe they are so important when you're planning your launch, when you're in launch mode, and when you are reviewing your launch. And I'll share a number of key inquiry questions for you to ponder so you can easily incorporate these metrics into your next launch. And I'll also share the first three feminine metrics of launch success with my own examples and some client examples too, so you can really get a feel for what I'm talking about. Okay, let's not mess about, let's get straight into it. So as I mentioned, launching is a very masculine activity and if it's done with the healthy masculine in mind, there's, it's, there's no dramas, it really is a great thing to do. And I've done a number of launches this year and Launches from a masculine perspective, when we're viewing them through the lens, they're very numerical. We're looking at our income generated from the launch. We're looking at our return on investment. We're looking at our profit margin. We're looking at our sales conversion. We're looking at our engagement with our emails and conversion rates and click-through rates and all of those statistical things, all of that data. And there's nothing wrong with that. We need to look at the data and we need to measure so we can tweak and change if that is required. But to me, there is more to a successful launch than just the numbers and just the income that was generated. And obviously, this is important because we're in business to make money. But how this came about for me was that at the start of the year, I did a launch into the Feminine Business Mastermind. And from a financial perspective, it was a good launch. However, it felt far more expansive. It felt far more rich and prosperous, but I couldn't necessarily speak about it. Like, for example, like when I was speaking to my mom that I was just so happy and so lit up, it didn't come down to how much money I had earned from that launch. There were so many other factors. And 
in my mind, these things are not discussed. I haven't come across anything anywhere in the online business world talking about these different metrics of success. Maybe they are around. If they are, please let me know because I'd be interested to have a look and see if I've missed any. But to me, this is quite a novel approach and novel, not in a, a silly, frivolous kind of way, like just different, but so, so important. And that's why I'm really, really excited to share this with you. Now, these metrics, like I mentioned in the intro, are really important, yes, from a review point of view when we're reviewing the success of a launch, but these are things to keep in mind when you're actually in planning mode. So you're looking at how you are going to step out your launch because these are things that you want to incorporate from the get-go in order for your success to be incredible from a financial perspective and from more of a depth feminine perspective. And they're also really important to keep in mind throughout the launch period because if you've ever launched, you'll know that launching is such a roller coaster. Within that launch container, there are so many ups and downs, highs and lows, and it is really a wild ride. And if you can keep these feminine metrics in mind and you can embody them, it really does help to keep you anchored and more grounded and more aligned with what it is that you're actually working towards. So I really invite you to keep these things in mind as I'm speaking about it and also for you to remember that these are things that you can incorporate in your launch from the start whilst you're in launch mode and at the end when you're in review mode. Okay, let's not mess about. Let's get into the feminine metric of success number one for launching and that is pleasure. So probably no surprise, things I talk about it so much, but I really invite you to ask the question, how pleasurable was the launch experience? How did I weave pleasure into every aspect of the launch? Now, for me, this came about you know, at the start of the year. So it was just before lockdown or circuit breaker here in uh, Singapore. And oh my gosh, just like everybody going into lockdown, it was quite horrendous, you know, going from having childcare to no childcare, both um, my husband and I trying to work from home. My daughter was, uh, you know, suffering like separation anxiety and she had really wild night terrors nearly every night and, you know, just, just the general chaos of lockdown. However, I ensured that this was going to be the most pleasurable experience that I can I could make. I was really committed to pulling this off despite everything that was going on in my life. And how I did that was not necessarily looking at how I could weave pleasure into the business element of everything and the launch element, but across my whole life. I was in complete devotion to my pleasure, first and foremost, as Ainsley the woman. So I prioritized myself above everybody and everything else. So it was Ainsley, the woman number one, and her pleasure. Then it was my business, number two, in terms of pleasure and priority. And then poor old James and Xanthi, for that launch container, they were my third priority. Now, it's really important to ensure that we are lit up with pleasure both 
within our businesses and outside because what I've found with my clients and both me personally is that when we're in launch mode, we can just become so narrow focused and we are just all about the launch, all about the launch. Every waking minute is devoted to the launch. That's all we think about. That's all we feel about. You know, we don't look after ourselves. We don't eat properly. We don't exercise. However, I really did reverse engineer that and ensured that me, Ainsley, as the woman, I was being taken care of and I was in my pleasure all of the time. And if you actually uh, were a part of that launch and you participated in the Pleasurable Productivity 10J Challenge, I gave so many practical examples of what that looked like personally and professionally. Now, the reason why we want to incorporate pleasure is that it really does, obviously it makes the experience far more Uh, inviting, joyful, and pleasurable, but it helps us to be open to receive and you need to be open to receive if you want people to sign up to you. And there's a whole lot of work behind that that I do with my clients. And it also makes you more magnetic because when you are in a state of pleasure, your body is more aligned with drawing the desires towards you. Your body works as a magnet. And again, this is something that I work in depth with with my clients. And when we're in a state of pleasure, we are also more open to beautiful states of creativity. And also we move into the states of flow, which makes the launch experience far more potent, far more juicy, and of course, pleasurable, which leads to our success. So, That is the first key metric in terms of a feminine metric of success. It's pleasure. And I can't emphasize enough how important it is. And I just want to say one more thing before I move on to metric number two. When I initially was going to do this launch, I had been told by one of my mentors, you know, I should be doing a webinar. And I pulled all of the content together and I pretty much had it there, but it just was not lighting me up. It was not feeling really juicy and exciting or expansive. There was no pleasure involved. But when I dropped back into my body and I came into contact with what it was that I actually wanted to do in terms of this launch, it was this challenge. Even though kind of strategically it didn't necessarily make sense, I wanted to do this 10-day live launch where it was a challenge and I was showing up every day in my Facebook group. And that really speaks to incorporating these metrics from the beginning and using it in the planning stage. Let your pleasure lead the way. Okay, moving on to metric number two in terms of feminine metrics of launch success. And this is the deepening of your mission and your message. So I really invite you to ask the question, how much of the launch experience deepened your message and what you really stand for? And how visible were you? And how aligned was it with your actual mission, what you are here to do? So for me, here's a little story that I actually haven't shared with anybody. Before uh, I went into launch mode, now it was all about pleasurable productivity. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the worst time to do this when we are all in lockdown and our capacities really have been uh, diminished because of all the extra responsibility we might have. Like a lot of us had to then take on the childcare responsibilities whilst trying to run our businesses. And I was like, in two minds, I was like, hmm. And then I saw one of my mentors. So she is very well known in the coaching industry and very well respected. And I love her dearly. And I saw she put a post up on Instagram saying, oh, I'm so sick of um, seeing people write about productivity. And this is a great time to get stuff done. Like, you know, this is really a great time to rest. 
And I sat with that and I was like, oh, no, this lady has said this, you know, and who am I to, to go out against this? And I really felt into it again. And I'm like, no, I actually believe this is important for those women in business who are like me. Now, I wasn't saying like this is a great time to get in there and get heaps of shit done and like excel, excel, excel. It was a great time to try something different and to use pleasure to fuel your productivity. And also, I was, I came into 2020 like most people going, yay, this is a fresh new year. I've got all these things I want to achieve. And that burning desire had not diminished at all. And I still wanted to launch this within the circuit breaker lockdown period. And I was devoted to it. And I knew there were other women who are out there like me. So I, you know, took that message that I saw on Instagram on board and I was like, "Mm, stuff it. I'm going ahead. And I am committed to this message because this is my mission. And it deepened. And as a result, I found women, I magnetized women who resonated with this message, who resonated with my mission and who wanted to jump on board this idea of pleasurable productivity and letting that fuel our success and allowing our success to be sustainable. And then I found this time and time again when I've launched throughout this year. So, you know, one of my other really key messages and another reason why I believe that I'm doing this work is that around toxic masculine marketing and how I believe that marketing should feel good and it can feel good. And by approaching it from a more feminine angle, we can have that experience of marketing feeling really juicy. We love being visible and putting ourselves out there and our work, shining a light on our work. So I guess the key question that I want you to ask is, was the message received? throughout the launch? Did people resonate with it? Did you feel like your message and the conviction around your message has deepened and it continues to light a spark beneath you? And another great question to ask yourself was, was the message received even by those who didn't sign up to say the free part of your launch? So maybe like the challenge or the webinar, but they were receiving your transmission when you were expressing on Facebook and Instagram and through your newsletter. And if they didn't, and even the people, I guess, who didn't sign up to work with you, and if they didn't receive the message, what's the point in doing it? And I have no doubt that the women who didn't sign up to work with me, to the women who were just, you know, I guess, scrolling through and read the odd post on Instagram, they still received my message and they got value out of it. It might have sparked something for them, but there was value there. And my mission is just deepening and deepening. And also, this really speaks to your ability to take up space, letting your message deepen, and people agreeing with it, people resonating with it. And for me, launching is an activation in you showing up and being more and more visible and getting more comfortable with that. It allows you, like I said, to deepen your message and have stronger conviction around your message and it's widening the path. So my mentor speaks of this and I just love it that, you know, the more you express, the more you share your work, you're wearing a more well-worn path for people to find you. And again, It just comes back to this feminine metric of deepening your mission and your message through launching. So another key question, I've got all these written down, is did I bravely communicate and was I generous with my content? So I believe 
in that example I gave at the start of the year around the pleasurable productivity challenge, I was freaking brave to be going on about pleasure, to be banging on about productivity when the world was in lockdown and we were experiencing a pandemic. But it paid off for me, I guess financially, but as well as validating my work because I had people reflecting back that this is what they were looking for and this is what they want to do in terms of you know, launching and running their own businesses. So we need to be brave with our expression and we need to talk about radical things and we need to show up fully throughout the whole launch container. Okay, so that was number two. So moving on to number three of the feminine metrics of launch success, and that one is visibility. So this can be viewed to a degree as more of a masculine metric. But to me, this is about us moving through the layers and layers of our social conditioning. So you may have come across, you know, intergenerational trauma. So they say that between uh, seven and 14 generations through epigenetics, we hold the trauma of our ancestors in our bodies. So something that could have happened to your mother, your grandmother, your great-grandmother, or even on your father's side can even affect the way that you show up in the world and maybe visibility blocks that you are trying to work towards. So it's really important that we can work through these so we can comfortably step up and shine a light on our work and we can be seen and we can speak our truth unapologetically. Now, I did a lot of work last year, so in 2019, around my visibility. And I know, I think, I think I've shared this on the podcast before. And this really allowed me to take a stand for what I believe in throughout 2020 when it has come to launching. And it's really allowed me to not be vanilla. So I haven't taken a vanilla approach where I'm trying to please everybody and I, you know, want to be polite and a people pleaser and the good girl because I want everyone to like me. I I really don't care. (laughs) If you don't like me, you don't like me. You can jump on my boat or you jump off my boat. I, I don't mind either way. And it allowed me to unleash my expression. So if you're in business, it's no secret that you need to be visible. We need to show up and we need to serve. And Time and time again, I come across this with clients, potential clients, particularly those who are, I guess, more spiritual, more in the healing world. They feel like, you know, being visible, it can be quite scary because we feel like we could be persecuted, judged. So there's a lot of fear around that, fear of being rejected, abandoned. And it really does come back to us trying to overgive. So this trauma response of overgiving, being the people pleaser and the good girl. And we feel like, oh, if we're going to market, hopefully people will magically find me. I'm not going to risk it and put myself out there. And it comes back to a lot of the ways we've been conditioning. So even though for me, I would say I've the majority of my life, not so much primary school, But, you know, from high school onwards, I've been pretty confident person and public speaking wasn't an issue. (laughs) I'm just, it was an issue in in primary school. I don't know how many times I ran off the stage crying when I had to sing Rubber Ducky for Anna Stedford and all those things. But, you know, obviously I, I kind of got over that. But like getting back to my point, I would say that I am quite a confident person and I can show up and be seen, but there was different things that I really needed to work on that didn't 
that had nothing to do with my confidence. It really came back to self-worth and all of this conditioning, you know, thanks to the patriarchy, all these oppressive structures that we live under and also intergenerational trauma. And that is where the power of embodiment comes in. So we can really work on the tension and trauma that's stored in our bodies. We can let that go so we can move into greater greater visibility and feel more expansive and feel more confident putting ourselves out there. And I have clients who have done this. So I shared recently on one of the webinars I did, one of my incredible clients, she is a long-term client. She is so creative. She's got multiple businesses. She's fabulous at what she does. But when it comes to putting herself out there, it's been a real struggle, even to the point of just showing her hand on an Insta story felt too much. She didn't want to be seen. However, we worked on her visibility story. We worked on increasing her visibility capacity. And just recently, she was a guest expert on a panel and she presented to over 300 people, which is incredible. And she said it really came back to the embodiment work that we did, moving through those layers of tension and trauma, dropping the limiting beliefs and the fears she had about being seen. And she was able to come back into her power. And she was even able to just use the embodiment tools that we had worked on before she got on stage to just calm herself down. She said she knew that didn't matter how much she practiced her presentation, it was those embodiment tools that were able to center her ground her and bring her back into what her mission was and what the message was that she wanted to convey. So I just thought I would share that. So that's a really great example of building your visibility capacity. And for me, I guess another example that I'll share with you was at the start of the year, you know, I was doing some Insta stories, but for this live launch that I did, I had to get on Facebook Live and do, it was about an hour a day of being visible, of taking up space and teaching. Now that was a lot. And especially during lockdown when I had Xanthi running in all the time. And yeah, it it was a lot, but it really expanded my visibility capacity. And it also allowed me to take up my sovereign space and to allow my work to take up the space it deserves and to consistently shine a light on it. And that's why I believe launches are such great activators for visibility. And they're such great activators, like for, as I mentioned before, deepening your message and having such strong conviction around your mission and what you're here to do. And then tying back to pleasure. If none of it feels pleasurable, it's not worth it. And that's why pleasure is such a critical piece of the puzzle, the launch puzzle, right from the get go. So just to recap, the first three feminine metrics of launch success are pleasure. So how pleasurable did you feel the launch experience was? How devoted were you to your pleasure as a woman first and then in your business and then everything else falling underneath that in terms of your priorities? How did you weave pleasure into every element of the launch? And then the second one was around deepening your message and your mission. So did the launch actually help you to deepen that connection you have with your message? Was it able to get out there far and wide? And do you really feel like you can stand behind your mission even more so now as a part of the launch? And then the third one was around visibility. How visible were you 
How much of a ripple effect did your work have and did you expand your visibility capacity as a result of the launch? So I hope that all makes sense. I feel like I've rambled a bit, but hopefully you can hear the the enthusiasm around this topic. And I'm really excited to share the final four metrics of success through this feminine lens for launching, which are genuine connection. We're going to be diving into collaborative leadership. We're also going to be diving into community and the final metric is around inclusivity. So I can't wait to share those with you. But in the meantime, I'd love to know which one of these first three metrics that I've shared do you feel that you might need to work on or you're really excited to incorporate this into your next launch? Please feel free to share with me. I absolutely love hearing from you all. It it brings such a smile to my face and to my heart hearing that you guys are listening and you're finding my episodes helpful. So please reach out and let me know what you think of this episode, if it resonates and if there is a particular metric that you're excited about incorporating. I would love to hear from you. Just DM me over on Instagram. You can find me at Ainsley Young. And also if the pleasure element that I've been speaking about is foreign to you and you're like, what are you talking about? You can always download my pleasure and productivity weekly planner. It's a really great starting point. And also the first few episodes of the podcast, I also go into more depth about pleasure. So you might want to go back and have a listen, but everything will be in the show notes as per usual. Until next week, I hope you have a fabulous time. I hope you devote to your pleasure and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it and you received some tips and takeaways or maybe a major aha. And if you did, please leave me a quick five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. I'd be so, so grateful. And if you'd like to connect, just come and say hi. DM me over on Instagram. You can find me at Ainsley Young. I'll speak with you soon.